Welcome to SHIFT, a college admissions ACT and SAT podcast for a changing world. I'm Tyler, founder of Achievable, and we have an affordable ACT course that uses memory-based adaptive learning technology to get you better results in less time. You can get a free trial by visiting achievable.me, and if you like it, the code podcast will get you 10% off at checkout. Now, let's get started. Today, we have Alexis Avila from Prepped and Polished with us today. And Alexis, could you just uh, tell us a bit about yourself and also your company? I'm Alexis Avila. I'm founder, CEO of Prepped and Polished Tutoring Test Prep Executive Function Coaching. Uh, We work with students one-to-one, both uh, in person in the Boston area and online. And my podcast, the Prepped and Polished podcast, has over 250 episodes. Our YouTube channel, over 300 helpful tutorials, millions of views. You can find everything at preppedandpolished.com. Fantastic. That was a good, that was a good bit. You've, <laughs> I can tell that you've done a podcast before. <laughs> um, so today we're going to talk about uh, test prep strategies for students with learning challenges. So maybe first talk about sort of like maybe set the stage for kind of what learning challenges you want to address today. And then just if you want to jump right in maybe to like the top of mind one for you. I think that'd be a great way to start. Sure. I'd like to focus on the learning challenges that we see most uh, that come through our Mm -hmm. office, um, which is ADHD, um, Mm -hmm. inattentive types, um, you know, kids who are difficult, difficulty paying attention, um, fidgeters, you know, the ADHD hyperactive types, um, just some of those just low, not, not severe learning challenges, but like, kids with like low energy or kids who are anxious, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, ADHD is kind of exploded as a problem, um, though it, it makes a a sense that it has to an extent because, you know, now we all have this super engaging semi-addictive computer with us 24 hours a day. (laughs) So, you know, I mean, I, I, me and my peers and we're all in our, our thirties now, like, you know, some of us feel like we're kind of, (laughs) <laughs> we 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 could have maybe used a little ADHD help back when we were kids too, right? So it's Absolutely. it's sort of a symptom of the world that we're in today. If if you are one of these kids, you shouldn't really feel bad. It's it's a lot more to do with your circumstances than anything else, in my opinion. Um, but yeah. yeah, so let's say you have a hard time concentrating. That's going to make studying for and also taking these tests a little more challenging, right? So what are some, what's some advice that you have for these students? Well, I mean, when it comes to like, whether to decide whether to take the SAT or ACT, um, you -hmm. should take a practice test uh, for both of those tests to see which one you felt most comfortable taking in which if you have like inattentive ADHD, difficulty paying attention, uh, you might be inclined to take one test over the other. The ACT is a little bit more of a dry test uh, it's like mm-hmm. very straightforward. It can, it can be a little more on the boring side. Um, so just to kind of like keep you engaged, you might want to consider an SAT, but you, you're not going to know until you take a full practice test for both. Um, yeah, I've also heard, um, and I, I hope I get this right. Cause it's like one way or the other. I I've heard that the, um, the ACT is a lot more time crunched than the SAT is. Like the SAT, yeah. you generally have more time to answer questions, so that might be better too. Though also, yeah. frankly, I would be maybe just like a little cynical. I would apply for extra time with both, and then whichever one gives me the extra time is the test that I would 
study for and take, right? Because you can get extra time if you're one of if you have one of these things, especially if you have like a prescription. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're diagnosed with a a learning disability, highly recommend uh, applying for some accommodations. Um, you might get one, and uh, a, a very popular um, one that a lot of our students with learning challenges get is extra time. So like you're saying, and uh, as soon as you get like a little extra time uh, on one of those tests, it's a huge advantage because now you just don't have that pressure to, um, you know, answer like a million questions in like two minutes. (laughs) So uh, yeah, highly recommend doing that. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like, um, I mean, another one of the things we wanted to talk about, right. was people with test anxiety or just people that like kind of struggled with test taking. If you're just like anxious, do you feel like that you can get time extensions for that as well? Like, do you need like a medical diagnosis for that or? That's a really good question. Um, yeah. I mean, we're not doctors by the way. So, yeah. So I'm not going (laughs) to pretend we're one, but, um, you know, yeah, you're going to need, you know, some type of, uh, it, it can't just be anxiety. Uh, but mm-hmm. unless you, you know, you, you, you know, you have kind of like deeper issues, uh, and you're going to have to, you're going to have to get like a nice letter written by, you know, your doctor, um, mm-hmm. as part of the application process. Um, but I'm not going to say that, you know, you can't get accommodations if you're anxious, but if you have a debilitating, anxiety type issue um that could be constituted or to require you know something that you can be eligible for that for that right so get help if you can but then beyond that what do you feel like are some strategies that you can employ to do better on these tests well i mean if you have adhd um i'm a tutor so that you know that's that's pretty much my job um you know you Mm -hmm. have to keep when you're studying for these things, you, you're going to get easily distracted. So, you know, don't just do like 60 minutes of, of math prep. Um, do like 15 minute stations uh, just to kind of keep mm-hmm. things moving. Um, so it's okay to like, you know, work on, you know, some reading comprehension passages, like do one or two for 15 minutes and then just move on to the math um, and just treat everything like it's small chunks. So it's not as daunting as opposed to, to longer stretches of time. Um, Mm -hmm. And then a strategy, like when you take a test is you could consider skipping around on certain sections. Um, So if Mm -hmm. there's some passage, like reading passages that you're, you know, a little bit more, um, you know, favorable to, uh, you can consider, you know, starting with like passage three versus passage one. You just have to remember to go back. Um, So, you know, those are kinds of things like, you know, things like that. You know, if you're taking an essay, um, you know, really like, learning how to spend five to 10 minutes on essay outlining mm-hmm. uh, could be very beneficial as well. So um, yeah, just skipping around on certain section, sections, like ACT reading passages, just choose your favorite passage. It might be the last passage. <laughs> and then go in order, like go from your favorite to least favorite. Yeah, that's definitely a strategy that you can employ. And then, you know, now we're talking about, you know, building some confidence because you're kind of, feeling good about yourself having have answered all the social science questions if that's kind of your you know area of expertise um yeah so 
that's kind of like some some strategies you have. I mean, if you if you're hyperactive ADHD, you can work on you know you, you have issues with like starting um, because mm-hmm. the, these these kids sometimes don't even know where to start. I mean, it's kind of daunting um, some of this prep. So um, you're going to have to teach them um, you know things like you know breathing exercises. Um, so mm-hmm. maybe like before you kind of start your prep, you kind of work for five minutes on just your deep breathing through your belly, uh, calming down your anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. and then just really trying to outline like how you're going to go about the prep. Um, so, um, you know, and, uh, and it won't be as daunting kind of going into it. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like that's definitely a key piece of this is as you're preparing is to break it into manageable chunks. But also, at a certain point, you are going to have to take, you know, the real test, which is not broken into small chunks. Though, I guess if you have extra time, maybe you could afford to take do a small chunk, take a break. But let's say you don't. Um, you're going to have to, you know, do a whole hour-long section and then do <laughs> multiple of them back-to-back. So how do you, like, kind of build up your stamina for concentration if, if you're one of these uh, people with ADHD? By uh, not procrastinating, um, you know, so you, you definitely don't want to start preparing for these tests, you know, say a month before them. Um, but probably the remedy to, you know, building stamina is just having lots and lots of time so that over time mm-hmm. um, you can kind of get acclimated to taking a longer section. Um, it's kind of equivalent to running a marathon. So like I've ran three marathons. Um and uh, mm. you, can you run 26 miles uh, week one? Absolutely not. Honestly, you can't even nope. run, you, you can't even run three miles. All right. But what you do mm. is like the first month of marathon training, you're you're running between three to eight miles, and then right. this the second to to third or fourth months, you're you're starting to get into the double digits. By the time the Boston Marathon or whatever marathon you're preparing for comes around you're not even running 26 miles you're running like 22 miles and not getting injured mm-hmm. and then when when test day comes you're ready to you know you can you can handle a 60 minute test so giving yourself just ample time and just increasing your workload by five minutes each week uh, that'll pay dividends yeah for sure that's a good that's a good analogy for it i I've run half marathons, which is probably about a quarter of the difficulty. So, <laughs> but also training for those um, is is very similar, right? You got to work your way up to it, and and you should. The thing to remember also is that like your attention is a muscle, and it can be improved. Like I think that a lot of people maybe just kind of think of their attention as like a thing that exists or it doesn't, or they have a, an amount of it, and that's kind of it. It, you can train this. You can train your attention. You can train your anxiety. You can make an impact on how things affect you and also how you work by like literally practicing. Um, your yeah. mind is a muscle just like everything else. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, you have to also respect your environment. So a lot of these kids, mm-hmm. like you mentioned earlier, have computers and they're, you know, you know, accessed in the, at their fingertips to anything they want, unlike, you know, back in, in the past. So you want to kind of make technology uh, free a priority. 
So mm-hmm. when you study, make sure that there's no noise around you. Um, mm-hmm. So like, are you going to work like in a busy kitchen, um, you know, with your siblings running around? Or are you going to, you know, find like a quiet area in your house to study? Um, are you going to have, and I've had students who've done this, have your cell phone on and, and having friends kind of ping you every two seconds? Music also in the background while you study? or are you going to kind of train your brain to kind of like learn to study without music? Um, so try right. to like simulate the test day environment as you train as well. It's yeah. It's just like, you know, just like a sport, you're trying to train for the actual event, which the best way to do that is to simulate the event closely. Yeah. Um, and there's no, there's no lo-fi hip hop to study to when you're <laughs> <laughs> taking the SAT. <laughs> Um, as, as, as lovely as that channel is. I also, um, I, I think it's interesting though, cause that does contradict advice I've, I've heard elsewhere, but for, for sort of, for lack of a better word, like typical students, um, for typical students, I've heard the advice that once you're getting comfortable, you actually should start taking full practice sections, like not like in the middle of a busy kitchen with six people screaming, but like in the living room with like other people around so that you're used to a little bit of distraction so that you learn how to like tune it out. Do you feel like that advice would also apply to these students or maybe focus first on just getting the concentration down? Uh, yeah, I mean, both. I mean, I, I would start with <laughs> focusing on quiet, um, you know, one mm-hmm. step at a time. We're talking about students with ADHD who can't not, not only can they not handle, quiet but quiet for more than 10 15 minutes so start with quiet and then and then you start i love that idea of just having some just kind of distractors on purpose go to a library go to a library because on test day you're going to have kids sneezing and and you're going to have pencils tapping on a desk um yeah you know and and when i have parents who sometimes once in a while um, when, when we do practice tests here and, and like the student complains to the dad and says, oh, yeah, well, it was there was like construction uh, below us and I couldn't really concentrate. Well, I kind of laughed that off. I'm like, look, I mean, on test day, if you're at a school, there's no, you know, they, they're not going to cancel, you know, jackhammering outside on a busy street. So yep. you just have to you have to expect, you know, the, the least expected. So get used to it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and frankly, you know, again, just like a sport, like, you know, if it's if it's pouring rain or snowing, still play. So yeah. figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um so for sure. Um yeah, so there's just you know, just strategies to um help kids with um all kinds of ADHD. You know, you can't just uh put them in one category. So ADHD hyperactive, inattentive. Um, but we also work with kids with low energy, you know, kids who kind of just mm-hmm. like, um, you know, you know, their shoulders down. They don't want to be at tutoring. They don't want to, what's the point of these SATs anyway. Um, and if you don't have a strategy, um, mm-hmm. you know, you might crash and burn as well. So, um, well, yeah. So how do you, how do you talk to people about that? Cause I feel like a lot of it's just like trying to sell them on the point of the whole exercise. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think that it's really up to a, a good tutor. That's where a good tutor can really come in 
And that's also where mm. a bad tutor has to go away. <laughs> so, um, yeah. because it's really the tutors, they need somebody to kind of like level with, with them. And, 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 and it's all about attitude adjustment. So, um, I highly recommend for students with low energy to, you know, to do a one-to-one tutoring uh, approach versus like, say, take a group course with Kaplan, um, yeah. where they might just kind of like just shut out uh, a lecture-based approach just might not work um, because the well, one-on-one. You can hide, right? Yeah, you can hide. And um, the one-on-one allows the, uh, the tutor and the student to constantly interact which is what the student, a low energy student needs to be constantly stimulated to increase their motivation. So they're building rapport. Mm. The, the tutor's holding them, holding the student accountable, setting expectations, homework expectations, but also the tutor's got to keep it exciting too. That, you know, you can't be, you know, if you can't match the student's energy. So the tutor has to have a little bit of a higher energy, make the student laugh a little bit, get them out mm. of their shell constantly checking with them. Um, maybe the, the students dealing with low self-esteem issues, which, which comes across mm-hmm. as low energy. So the tutor has to use like positive reinforcement. Um, you know, I've had tutors like in the past who've done the opposite of positive reinforcement. In fact, they kind of use a little, little bit of a sarcastic approach and, uh, and then the student will end up crying. Uh, you don't oh. want to do that. Um, you want to be, have, you know, make sure that, you know, your, your tutor or your, or a parent working with a student, it doesn't have to be a tutor, uh, is just constantly mm-hmm. just engaging and being positive, keeping the sessions going. Um, and, uh, and, and also these students with low energy are, have to, you know, like a, maybe you can like work on metacognition, which is just being aware of how you think and feel. Because a lot of these right. students think negatively while they're doing the process of doing these problems. So sometimes right. just kind of like walking through those problems together and saying, you know, paying attention to how you feel um, can make div- pay dividends. Right. Yeah. And I think actually that metacognition point is just a good one to talk about in general for everybody. Right. I think that one of the things that I didn't learn until, you know, luckily for me. Um, my wife is is a coach, but <laughs> I think that most people don't think about how they think and realize that you can actually change it. Um, and I feel like that's something that is particularly useful to figure out right about now <laughs> if you're one of these students that is starting to prepare for these tests. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just kind of, um, there's just lots of ways that you can help students with low energy. Um and uh, also le- teaching them to take breaks that are that are productive, um, just to kind of like you know keep things stimulated. So, like for example, if you're taking the test, teach them to like you know not you know take a short walk um, in the hallway, just get some fresh air, uh, come back, uh, you know eat a eat a piece of fruit, energy bar, stretch, and come back mm-hmm. uh, refreshed. Right. Yeah, exactly. Any other, any other tips as we wrap this one up? Uh, yeah. Um, basically, uh, the, uh, you know, some students really need organization, um, management, Mm -hmm. like just, uh, executive function, um, challenges, 
Um, some students, right, right. some students might, you know, come through with uh, some nonverbal learning disorder, so they kind of have a hard time really seeing the forest from the trees. Um, so you can just there's so many tactics, but like one thing that I try to teach them is really learn as uh, the ACT format and the SAT format in advance as much as possible before test day. So for example, like the ACT format, learn the uh, it's the sections are actually in alphabetical order. So oh. it's it's English, math, reading, I never science. That. Yeah, so it's English, math, <laughs> reading, science. Mm. Um, so you'll it's it's assuring to know that section one's always going to be the English, and uh, mm-hmm. and then you can start to kind of take the microscope and zoom in. It's forty five minutes, seventy five questions, but you really want to look at that. There's five passages of fifteen questions, so you want nine minutes to do each one. So by really just working on the format and kind of controlling as much as you can control, that builds a lot of confidence for all types of learning challenges. Mm-hmm. It's not, not just, uh, you know, kids with executive functions uh, uh, deficits. Um, yeah. You know, so. Well, and if, if you are someone with those executive function deficits, maybe it if you can get a tutor, great, or if you can have a parent or teacher help you just like being kind of the, the master of the study plan and keeping you on task. Do you, do you feel like that's a good approach for these students? I mean, it's probably a good approach for everybody, but especially for them, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Really good approach. Um, so um, yeah, just, it's all about just a lot. If there's like one over overlapping uh, thing to, to kind of learn here, it's just, uh, you know, preparing well in advance for these tests. Don't procrastinate. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, basically taking taking practice tests. And who, whether you work with a tutor or not, you can't afford a tutor. Um, just making sure that you you work with somebody who will encourage you um, mm-hmm. and, not, and not knock you down. Yeah. I mean, in a perfect, like, ideally... Um, whoever you're working with should be on your team and should really want you to succeed. Right. And yeah, they might, you know, maybe they think tough love works, but <laughs> it, particularly if you're one of a student with a learning challenge, you know, try to get some positive motivation in your sphere as well. I really like that advice. I think it's really important. Yeah, definitely. I hear you. Great. Well, thank you so much. This has been shift a college admissions podcast for a changing world hosted by Tyler from Achievable, with Alexis Avila from Prepped and Polished. And you can get a free trial of Achievable's ACT course by visiting achievable.me. And if you like it, be sure to use the code podcast to save 10%.